0: Welcome to the Core Happiness Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Banks, a mindset and positive psychology coach. On this podcast, we discuss all things related to creating happiness from within. So let's do it. Hello and welcome to Core Happiness. On this episode, we are continuing on with our Mother's Day special and picking up exactly where we left off with our dear friend, Lily Dobb. If you missed the previous episode, I encourage you to go listen to it. Lily shared about her journey through motherhood. And I think it's something that a lot of mothers could relate to. In this episode, we are going to dive even deeper and talk more about motherhood, but then also talk about marriage, divorce, blended families, and so forth. So let's dive in. Lily, are you ready? Okay, let's do this. Let's start by talking about marriage. On the previous episode, when you talked about your journey through motherhood, especially when it comes to raising children you mentioned the importance of having your village and having a partner to help with that. So let's start there and talk about your husband, Alan, who's amazing, love him. Um, (laughs) And I think that to speak to the importance of having that good partnership too when raising specifically boys because they have a man that they can look up to. And I know that Alan is helping set that example of how to treat women and how they treat you. And I think it's important for kids to have a parent that is treating their spouse with so much love and respect, and that's what they see. So I think that's phenomenal.
1: For me, I grew up, I didn't have healthy models of marriages, right? Mm -hmm. All the models the marriages I had were divorce or miserable, like they were just miserable Mm -hmm. together. So for me, the model of marriage is like, it's not a fun time. (laughs) Don't do it. That's true. (laughs) It's not going to be a good time. Or I was like, what I want is not attainable it doesn't exist so when I got with my husband he had the opposite he had modeled of marriages that worked out marriages that were healthy he's like yeah I think happened so we have this thing where we want to create a marriage that's not like anybody else's it's our marriage right because I didn't have that example when he did. We're like, well, let's do our own. Let's create our own healthy marriage.
0: One thing that I also love about your relationship with you and Alan and your family is that it's a blended family. You know that I come from a blended family where my brother has a different father. My mom was married previously. They had my brother. She divorced. They married my father. And then they had me So my brother essentially grew up with two fathers, his biological father, and then my father, who was like his stepdad. And I think my brother looked at it as a bonus because it's like, hey, I get two birthdays (laughs) or two birthday parties. (laughs) I give him more Christmas gifts. And I'll be honest, like as a little sister, I was like, hey, how come he gets to, you know? (laughs) But other than that, Uh the parents worked really hard to make sure that there was just no differences. I mean, they always talk a lot about, with blended families, how to make sure that everyone is okay, how to make sure that the kids are okay, the interaction between siblings, and all of the dynamics that come from parents having to co-parent together, and that type of stuff. Because you guys have created such a well-run family unit, what would you say is sort of the key, at least for you, in your situation, in terms of the day-to-day and making sure that the kids are okay and the relationship between brothers. What do you think has been the key of creating like a really good blended family?
1: Okay, so I just want to start with saying I think the biggest lesson for me in motherhood has been be aware who you choose as a father for your children. I know when we're young, we don't know any better. A lot of times wisdom comes with age. But if you're serious with someone and you're considering having children with them, Understand that they're going to be in your life forever, Mm -hmm. technically, right? So just be careful you have children with. I understand there's always happy, surprises. you know, things happen. But I just want to reiterate, and that's to my nieces, for example, who one day may become mothers. Just understand who you're having children with. Be aware of that. Be mindful. And going into the blended family part, I did not plan to get remarried or have another man in my life after my split from my first husband. And that's just because it was a really difficult marriage. There was really hard times that you kind of made me shy away from trusting a relationship, yeah. you know, and then trusting that I would be safe and secure. I knew I would be if I had my own back. So my first marriage, when it ended, I literally told myself, it's going to be me and my son until he's older. And that's it. <laughs> not like, yeah, no. <laughs> so your birth like, Nope, not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> so my husband and I knew each other from before we had dated a long, long time ago, We reconnected after my split from my ex-husband. And, you know, we decided to give it a shot with the stipulation that he got along with my son. So, my very first comment to him, you know, we talked and I'm like, look, if you and my son cannot get along and be okay in each other's lives, I will choose him every time. I will choose my child, no matter what. And I still feel this way. I will choose my child every time. He is number one, he comes first. So, I don't care how much I adore you and love you. And bye, it's that easy for me. It's not even a consideration. They met over a weekend and some time together, and it just completely right away. I mean, he was just smitten with Anthony. Anthony was smitten with him. I mean, granted, he was 34 when him and I got together. Anthony was five, and then he turned six. And my husband was thrust into parenthood right away. He had never been around children. He was not a father. He was not a dad. He didn't know what the heck he was doing. He was not married before nothing. This was his first experience with a child as a dad so he was stressed in the situation and just to watch him embrace it and doing it afraid he was very scared and just completely be great at it and great that was that I had my second baby and with my husband and then Anthony my oldest he was actually really excited about having a sibling super excited about having a sibling and so it was really easy for us to kind of just Blend. There was no challenges as far as our home is concerned. The biggest challenge was dealing with my oldest biological father and that situation that he was in. So that was the biggest challenge in our blended family. If you just look at our house and how we handle things, it was seamless. My husband has always called Anthony his son. He's always at home outside he's always my boy my son my this he has completely loved and embraced and he taught anthony how to swim he taught anthony how to ride his bike he taught anthony how to drive he's taught anthony everything he's taught anthony how to shake a person's hand and look a person in the eye yeah so he has been that person that man that dad to him and you know, when Anthony will tell him, you're like, you're a great dad. Like, you're doing a good job. The other day, Anthony was doing something and he accomplished a goal that he wanted. And then he pointed at Alan, saying, it's because of you. And Alan was like, I don't know what I did, but okay. Anthony's father has played another role in his life. So the biggest challenge for us has just always been the dynamic between our family unit and then Anthony's father situation. And it continues to be an issue to this day, unfortunately. But I went to therapy with Anthony during my divorce from his father. We went for 10 weeks and I kept speaking to the therapist. like, what can I do to make sure my son is going to be okay? And he said to me, the best thing you can do is to be consistent with your son. Be the rock for him. Be the consistency. If you're that for him, he's going to be just fine if you're chaotic and then his father's chaotic, it's not going to be good for him, for Anthony. Anthony's going to grow up into chaos. So if you can have one side of his life just completely okay and safe and consistent and good, he'll be okay. And it's proven to be that way. We have, you know, kept it consistent, kept it open door policy, whatever he's feeling, he's validated for it. Just guiding him through into manhood. Everything is good. And obviously, it takes my husband to do that with. And thankfully, he has been nothing but open to learning along with me how to be parents, how to be good parents, how to be a good father. So, again, it's super important who we choose to share this parenthood journey with. Even if you are getting divorced and going into another marriage, just remember that person is going to be in your child's life. and. I am always advocating for the child. I mean, that child has to come first. That child is number one because that child
0: has no choice. Usually when we go into a marriage, we think we're marrying a great person, right? We we see them as parents. I mean, if we're thinking ahead and we're thinking about kids, we probably see that person as a parent. And we love how they treat us and love how they love us. And we love them. And everything seems so great. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, let's make this official. And And you're in this moment in this bubble of just like love and you don't see if there are red flags, maybe you see them or maybe those red flags don't even come until later. Like after you're married and then you start getting the red flags and in the case where you already have a child and then the red flags come or the marriage shifts and the dynamic changes and then there's struggle or chaos or. Whatever it is, then it's like, oh my, like I wish I could go back and do it over again. But now I can't. So what do I do at this point? I'm a product of
1: divorce and step parents, and you know, my mom's second marriage was hard. He was terribly abusive, physically abusive with my sister, and I know my mom would do that over. Like she would not go into that, knowing what she knows now. And she didn't know. She didn't know at the time that he was going to turn out that way. But unfortunately, he did.
0: I know a lot of women who feel stuck. And I know my mom grew up with this narrative that once you get married, you're just married, especially when there's kids involved. You just don't get divorced because a child needs two parents in a household. And that's the narrative, right? So it's like, oh gosh, I'm in a marriage where I'm unhappy or my husband is unhappy or it's a relationship that's not working. And we've tried to make it work and it's not working for whatever the various reasons could be. But because there are kids involved, we want to stay together. And I grew up in that. My parents stayed together so much longer than they should have. But instead of separating, they stayed together. And the reason they stayed together, they kept saying, was because of the kids. And I remember even when I was, I think I was about eight years old, and I actually said to my dad, why don't you just get a divorce? Because as a child, I just saw how unhappy he was and how unhappy my mom was. When they were not together, they seemed happier. And... That's all that I saw as a child. So when I said that to him, that's where my little mind was coming from of, gosh, every time that they're together, they're arguing or screaming, or my mom's throwing something, or my dad's going to the hospital. And when they're separate, they seem so much happier. And I want them to be happy. And I just never truly understood because when they did fight, it was horrible. And I hated that. And the effect that it had on me was, pretty profound. But at the same time, I think if they just would have made the decision to divorce much earlier and I had happy parents, it wouldn't have had to get to the point that I got to with them where they just started, they hate each other because all this years of resentment had just built up and built up and built up. Then I think they could have been friendly instead of it being so dramatic and traumatizing. And they didn't get divorced until I went off to college and then they separated. But Because of that experience, for me, I always applaud when someone could say, especially when they have kids, look, the best thing I can do for myself and for my child is to leave this marriage. So for you as a mother, when you realize like, okay, the first marriage just is not working and I have to make a decision, because I'm sure you had the dilemma of, do I stay? Which one do I do? Which is better for my child? So what was your thought process? So for
1: me, my challenge was I didn't want to repeat cycles. My grandmother was a divorced woman. My mom was a divorced woman. The women in my family were divorced or had children out of wedlock. I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot be that person that repeats the cycle again, be the one that divorces again. I have to maybe remarry again, repeating that story again. So that was challenging for me, for sure. And then always thinking, what happens? My son's going to go up without his father around. And what's that going to do to him? I was never afraid to be a single mother. It was always trying to make sure I break the generational divorce phase. And then trying to make sure that my son was okay just with me. But it was pretty easy for me to decide to go because I had seen verbal abuse in my mom's relationships. I had experienced it with one of my stepfather's. And then it happening to me, and then financial abuse, I didn't see a healthy trajectory for myself mm-hmm. and my son. I mean, my little four-year-old, he would yeah. come and say, no, mommy, I love you. Or, no, mommy, that's not true. Yeah. And I am not one to take abuse lightly. I stayed for six years. After year one, I should have left. Mm. Um, But again, I was struggling with, I don't want to repeat people my mom did or my grandma did. I don't want my son to be without a father. And that conversation that without a father, a lot of that was also because his father would say those kind of things to me, like, you're going to damage him if you leave, all those things. And I believed it. I really Mm -hmm. did. I was like, oh my gosh, he's right. So I should have left way earlier. That's the only regret I have. And I had a job I was able to take care of financially, which I know a lot of women are in a position where they can't. They are in a situation where financially, if they leave, they'd be in a very, very difficult situation. Yeah. So I completely understand and I empathize. And my heart goes out to these women that are in those situation. For me, it was, I'm not going to sit here and be verbally abused, financial abused. I'm not going to sit here and raise my son in a situation where he thinks that's okay to do to a woman. So it's easy for me to just clean my hands like I'm out.
0: I'm gone. Yeah. That's something that a lot of women struggle with is the gaslighting. People telling you like, oh, well, I don't know if you do this, then, you know, you're,
1: you're not worth it. You're not worth anything.
0: Yeah. You know? Or and you start to just feel like, oh, my gosh, maybe the problem's me or If I do leave, I'm just going to ruin everything. I'm going to make things worse. Or like, you know, it's the gaslighting, I think, also plays a huge part. In your situation, you'd seen it with your family. And because of that, you could tell signs of this is not healthy. And therefore, I can look at the trajectory and say, this is not going to be good for myself or my son. But you still have to deal with gaslighting from other people. And then it starts to make you doubt yourself. I think that's why a lot of women stay longer than they know that they should.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what am I doing? What am I going to do to my child if look what he's saying to me? He's telling me I can't find anyone. I'll be alone. No one will love me. Look at my body now after I've had kids. Like, who's going to like that? All of that, you know. And I think the majority of women I've known that have stayed is for financial reasons. They have just are in a situation where they can't afford to leave. Like, they're stay-at-home moms or, you know, they don't have a job that allows them to afford everything. I've seen a lot of that. And it's unfortunate because I think in some situations, it's almost done by design. Yeah, You know, some men like that. They like that the woman don't have that power of, I'm independent, I can do this, like I don't need you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's also another thing in my family that's happened where the financial dependability on a man, I want the opposite way. I'm like, I'm going to be financially independent <laughs> because I never want any man to say, you know, you can go and be left on your ass if you leave. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really going to leave? What are you, how are you going to afford it? That helped me leave that first marriage because I was financially independent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Same here. My dad had always told me not to get married before the age of 30. He said, have your own stuff, be independent, make your own money, have your own home. He was very adamant of never wanting me to have to depend solely on a man. And I took it to heart. I made sure that I was financially independent and could support myself before going into a marriage. Yeah, I think that's super important.
1: But I do know it's very, very common and one reason why many women stay. Uh, and then obviously the second one is the guilt, you know, the, the kids. I feel guilty for leaving. They're not going to have two parents or feel shame. I did feel some shame. I'll be honest, after I divorced and um, my husband and I started dating, I did feel that society like, oh, she's a divorced mom, single mom, he's going to marry someone with a child. So I know there's some shame for some women on that. Like, I don't want to be a divorced single mom who's going to date me. I get that 100%. I've been there. (laughs) So do not tell that to yourself. Don't. Tell that to yourself. Just get out there. But trust me, there are men that would love to have you and would treat you like a freaking queen. For me, a happy mom is a great mom. A happy mom is a good mom. And if that means that you need to leave a situation because the situation you're in is absolutely killing you inside, if you leave and you become happier and more you for it, your children will be more. Them for it, they'll be happier. And guess what? They'll see, like, hey, this is not love. Like you growing up in a household that you did, right? Yeah. Like, did you see love in a different way? Like, for you, what's love to you in a relationship?
0: Yeah, you're you're one hundred percent right because I did not see love with my parents. And to be honest, it took being in relationships and learning. But I learned love from my first high school boyfriend because he came from a loving household. His parents had fallen in love, and I think that they had met at, like, such a young age. It was, like, 11 or 12, and they started dating in what would have been middle school back then. And they had an off-and-on thing throughout their teenage years and then got married But the thing was, when you were around them, like when I would go to his house, they were still lovey-dovey. They were still affectionate, and they laughed with each other, and his dad would always flirt with her and say she's attractive. It was just, it was so loving and adorable, Mm -hmm. but it was my first boyfriend who really, truly showed me, through his actions, but then also hanging around his family and his parents, what love could be. And... I honestly still to this day think that that's what I strive to find is something like what his parents had. I think that's rare now. Obviously, in my adulthood, I realized that that was probably a rare thing to find, but I know it exists. So that's something that I look for still. Why do you think it's so rare? I almost want to say
1: we kind of create these ideas of what marriage is and then go grow up to get married. In childhood, we, what we see, right? Yeah, totally. And some of us go and create the same thing, like the same exact marriage, or some of us go in a completely opposite direction yeah, of uh, creating something completely different from our parents. But it's almost like the, the kids that grew up with an alcoholic parent. One kid becomes an alcoholic, and the other kid is completely against alcohol. Right. So I wonder if it just has to do with the way we grow up. Just what we see modeled for us as marriages.
0: Yeah. But I do think your conditioning is 100% right. Because now thinking back on it, both of my parents did not have a perfect, ideal situation either coming from of what marriage should be. So I think they just said what they saw, which was, hey, stay together. You may have rough times, but you just stick it out. But rough times turn into just rough years and years and years (laughs) and then they just became miserable and I will say when I went into my marriage you know my ex-husband told me at the very beginning he was like I don't know any successful marriages and I was like well that will be a challenge because I know of some but we'll just have to make up our own rules but again that was a conversation we had before and we went to premarital counseling and we thought we were like locked in loaded and it was all going to be great but you know, things still changed after we got married, and yeah. that's to be expected. I mean, I, I think sometimes people grow together, they grow apart, or sometimes yeah. your mind changes and you want different things. You could be totally in line and be on the same page, and then after a few years, it's like, actually, you know what, I don't really want that anymore. But I do think conditioning has a lot to do with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would think so too. And back going, talking about marriage and growing, right? I always picture like two trees in a forest. If you walk in the woods, you see trees, their branches kind of going, intertwining. Yeah. What you don't see is underneath the roots actually intertwine as well eventually. And so that's how I kind of feel about marriage is it's your two trees and you can intertwine your roots and your branches, you know, grow together or you won't. And that's okay. That's the, the other thing. It's okay if it doesn't. And it's okay to go all your own way. And if I would have stayed in my first one, I'm 100% certain it would have not been a very good outcome for anybody. Yeah. You know? So, for me, it's like, hey, if you're not able to grow together and your roots aren't able to, your branches aren't seeing go. Like, <laughs> Pollinate elsewhere to go that way. That's
0: honestly how I feel. I mean, even when I was deciding to stay in my marriage or get a divorce, the ultimate thing that I came up with was if this isn't working for us, then that's okay because I think that that means that there's somebody out there better suited for you that can fulfill your needs and your wants and you can grow together with. And then the same for me. Yeah. We can each go off and find what we need and be happy. Right. And children can learn
1: so much from that. If you know, if you are in a situation and you do have children right. and you're kind of struggling with yourself, like, do I leave? Children can learn from that to say, hey, life doesn't last forever. And if you aren't happy in a situation, go. Yes. Go where right. you can be happy. You know, like they say with plants, a plant, if it's suffering, you don't change the plant, you change the environment, you change the soil. So teach your children that don't make it let your children suffer in a situation. Say, honey, you can change your soul. You can change your environment. I believe in setting an example, not an opinion. That's how you make a change. And if I can't set that example for my children, why would I expect them to know that or should make that change when they're older? And the other thing I want to say is, If you're a mother or a father, imagine your child in a marriage and they're completely miserable. Would you tell your child, no, stay. You should really stay and work it out. Would you like, honey, I can see you're so unhappy. Do what makes you happy. Do what you have to do for yourself. I know I'm that parent. I will be that. You know, I also know other parents that say, no, you stick it out. You stay there. You do whatever you can. Yeah. You know. Forget the misery and you have, just have to work harder. And I believe that those kind of statements really deteriorate the trust in yourself. Yes. When your heart and your gut is telling you, you need to go, yes. like there's happiness elsewhere, and everyone's telling you, no, you need to stay, stay, stay. You're asking me to doubt myself and what my gut and what my body is telling me yes. right now. So for me, the other thing about my divorce, I was very quiet about it. I didn't tell a lot of people about mm-hmm. it. You knew obviously you am a best friend. You knew a lot, everything yeah. about it. I was very quiet. I was to myself. I got off of all social media. I did it on my own because I knew that people were gonna have opinions about mm-hmm. it. And I was like, I trust myself. I trust what my dean is telling me about this and I'm mm-hmm. leaving. And after I left, a year later, I got back on social media and people were like, Oh my god, what happened? <laughs> like, oh, it's old news.
0: <laughs> old dead. news.
1: But yeah, no need to talk about it. But people it. will, and you will be challenged there. And I will tell any woman that's considering leaving, you know, trust yourself. Trust yourself.
0: You and I talk about this a lot, too, when you don't listen to your own intuition and you start going against everything and your body even starts to talk to you, right? And you start to have yes. illnesses or you start to feel super down or maybe even like anxiety or depressed or you start to have ailments and Your body starts to speak Mm -hmm. to you, and that was something that I had to go through, too, was just feeling like I don't even feel like myself anymore. And then having to realize that it's because I was fighting all of my instincts, which were, this isn't working. And then I had to obviously seek professional help and talk to somebody professionally. Like, what do I do? How do I manage this? And one of the things that they said was like, well, why are you going against what you feel you should do. This mm-hmm. inner turmoil of feeling like mm-hmm. you should stay, even though you, your gut's telling you to go, where's that coming right. from? And it was, well, what are other people gonna think? What are other people gonna say? And I, much like you, was pretty private about it, and except with my very close friends. So I knew that most people were gonna be like, what, why? From the outside, you guys yeah. are so great together. You look happy all the time. <laughs> it's like knowing that people are gonna be shocked mm-hmm. I knew that was coming and I like that all played a part in it, but really what my counselor got me to see was it takes two to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that is also the main point is it takes two to be in a relationship. One person cannot yeah. sustain it. Children or no children, one person deciding to stay in a relationship and try to make it work is not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. got to be two. That's the other side. For me in my marriage, the decision was made for me, to be honest. Right. Because I had done everything that I could do and you can't control somebody else. like right. I am not saying, oh, if it's not working, just leave. But at the same time, if you have tried everything that you think mm-hmm. you can do and it's not working and you're unhappy and then your spouse is unhappy, then mm-hmm. I think it's imperative for both of you to just, like you're saying, go pollinate elsewhere. See what see what else yeah. you can find because there's probably a better fit. And especially if there's children, I think it is. And again, I see this coming from a person who has been brought up with parents that sh- I felt should have gotten divorced earlier. It does affect your children and your children grow up seeing that. And honestly, probably internalizing a lot of things and your, the conditioning of what to expect. So I think especially if there's children involved, if that inner voice is saying, go... There's probably a reason it's saying go. I have
1: to say, it's not easy. Oh, 100%. I say choose your heart, right? Yes. Like choose your heart. Staying is going to be hard. Leaving is going to be hard. Yes. But which heart is worth your happiness, right? Right. Which which heart is it? I don't ever want to say, oh, yeah, you know, you can leave and be fine. No, it's going to take time. And to this day, there's still lingering things with my ex-husband and Mm -hmm. Anthony. Father, that we still have to challenge through and work through. Granted, it got easier because Anthony got older, right so I don't have to be in it as much as I used to when he was little. When he was cool, it was hard. Now that he's older, he can take care of the communication between him and his father, etc. Yeah. There's parts of Anthony that is him, and I love my son fully. So I can't sit here and reject his father. That's not. There. That's not right. That's rejecting part of my son. I don't believe in that. But I do believe in protecting your own space or our own space when you're divorced. You know, protect your own space. You have every right to do that. But again, it's not easy. It's hard. It is hard. But in my case, it, the hard was very, very, very much worth it. I would do it all over again. Yeah. All over again.
0: It is hard. It's very hard. The healing is even hard. But like you said, you have to choose your hard. Staying is going to be hard. Leaving is going to be hard. But the thing about it when making that choice is looking forward and saying, where do I want to be in the future? What does the future me need? What do I expect? For me, it was I didn't want to see future me in the same situation. It was something had to change. And if the only thing I could change was to change my environment, change the situation, and that's what I needed to do. But you're absolutely right. They're not easy decisions to make. But if your intuition is telling you something and if you feel like you have tried to communicate, in my case, it was sitting down and saying like, this isn't working for us. Maybe there's something better for us. And it doesn't have to be a nasty divorce. We don't have to separate on bad terms. I don't want to be like my parents we can be friends, let's accept that this isn't working and we can't fix this, then it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a phenomenal conversation to have. I always love talking to you. I could talk to you for hours, you know that. But thank you so much for coming on and just talking about a lot of the stuff that most women don't talk about or even know, whether it's from motherhood or marriage or blended families. So that's super important and thank you. I hope people can relate. I love you, girl. I love you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you all for listening to our special Mother's Day episodes. A huge, huge thank you to Lily for being here and for joining me on this journey and just being so candid about things that most women don't talk about. We hope you've enjoyed hearing two friends talk about the nitty gritty. And we'd love to hear from you, a Core Happiness community what has your experience been like with being a part of a blended family or being from a blended family or going through a divorce or anything having to do with motherhood? Leave a comment and tell us your story. Thank you all for listening. Until next time. I thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate it or leave a review. If you have any thoughts or questions, I would love to hear from you you can email podcast at corehappiness.com. For show notes and additional resources, you can visit www.corehappiness.com. As always, please remember, never let anyone diminish your light. Until next time, sending you my love.